So essentially for $150 a month per head, your firm can run efficiently, securely, and mobile. And I could not have given that number 10 years ago. When I started doing this, it was, oh, you're going to have to have a server. That's going to be a minimum of $8,000. You got to keep it maintained. And it's just, it was very expensive. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I'm Steve Fretzen, and I hope you're having a great day during this crazy corona time. And I just wanted to let everybody know that you know, look, it's business as usual. It's time to build business. It's time to grow your your law practice. And uh, I've got three great books on Amazon that can help you with that. Sales Free Selling, The Attorney's Networking Handbook, and The Ambitious Attorney. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about business development, check out one of those three books. And also my YouTube channel, it's Steve Fretzen. Enough about that. Today, I've got a great guest in Adriana Linares, and she's a legal technology consultant, president of Law Tech Partners. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's fun to be the interviewee versus the interviewer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, how long have you been doing your podcast? It's been about six or seven years, and it's called New Solo. So if you don't mind the shameless plug, no, I would sh- love sh- plug away. To- yes. I love having lawyers listen to it. And the name implies that it might be geared towards new solo practitioners. But the truth is I have a really a varied topics and all kinds of guests on there. So any lawyer in any practice for any number of years can always pick up a tip or two. Yeah. Well, I think we're on the same page. We're looking to help people and yeah. try to make sure that they're, they're just making less mistakes and uh, making more money and organizing the way to get things done. Right. That's it. That's, That's what my it's all goal. about. Yeah. So before we get into your more into your bio, because I want to hear a little about your background, just as, as a fun way to start, is there something kind of fun and interesting about you that maybe even your listeners don't know? Yeah, I thought about that when you you sort of softballed me some questions, and I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty nerdy and pretty techy. I don't have a lot of hobbies, and I tend to spend a lot of time in front of my computer. But because of COVID, I actually developed a new hobby that I'm super happy with, and I've super got into houseplants. So I've become an amateur houseplant collector. Yeah, I see them behind you. Very, very cool. And uh, it's really a a nice hobby and being at home a little bit more with a little less travel has enabled that to the point where it might be getting a little over the top. So Okay. Well, listen, that's (laughs) all right. We got to go a little crazy uh, during these crazy times. Is there a plant that you would say is your favorite plant out of all the plants? Yes. I love any of the prayer plants. And those are plants that they're interesting to call them prayer plants because during the day, their leaves are exposed and I guess to get sun. And then at night, it's very creepy, actually. They fold up and become really straight. So there's about three or four of those. Right. The first time I noticed, I did not realize I'd bought a prayer plant. I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I was like, whoa, wait. (laughs) It's a sure it's not a zombie plant, right? Something. So they're really neat, you know, truly living, living being. Well, very cool. Very cool. So um, I guess I'd like to hear more about your background and uh, what got you into technology and working with lawyers. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily something I chose to do. I'm not a lawyer. 
I was a geography major in college and then I got a master's degree in corporate communications. And what happened is there was a job opening in the Orlando Sentinel, a law firm looking for computer trainer. And I was 26 years old. I said, well, I don't know anything about law, but I know how to use a computer. I mean, it was 20 something years ago. And I got interviewed and the gentleman who's still my friend today that basically gave me my big break into the business said, well, kid, you don't know much, but you can probably learn. And I think my lawyers are going to like you. So here's a job. And that was it. I started working at one of Florida's largest law firms in 1998. And I spent eight years at that firm plus two years at another large law firm. And then I went out on my own because big law firms are... They're difficult to work inside because it's hard to start a project and ever actually see it finish. And there's a lot of late hours and there's a lot of pressure. But I realized that I truly enjoyed working with lawyers. I liked the profession of law and I knew that I could help them with all the technology and practice specific things that I had learned working at big firms. So in 2004, I started Law Tech Partners and now I'm an independent consultant and trainer. Most of my clients are solos and small firms and mid-sized firms. And then occasionally large law firms hire me as an extra trainer or when they're doing big rollouts to help their internal team with training and floor support. So the way I help lawyers is right now, most of my work for the past, I'd say seven or eight years has been helping lawyers and law firms move from traditional practice management programs like Amicus, ProLaw, PC Law to cloud-based services and helping them just run mobile, efficient, secure practices. So I do a lot of training, and then I do a lot of implementing of some products and tools and services that I really like. So I would imagine that the current environment is sort of a hot time for you because everybody's moving mobile and everybody's looking cloud and trying to get organized and and efficient. It, It was, I'll tell you, March and April and May were just an absolute zoo. But most of my existing clients, because that's what they had hired me for, were in pretty good shape. Where the influx of trouble came from were uh, the lawyers that I helped through my work with the San Diego County Bar. So I am outsourced by that bar association as their technology and practice management advisor, where they can make an appointment and meet with me and they they come with all kinds of questions. How do I update my WordPress site? How do I go paperless? I just got Microsoft Teams. The courts are using Teams. How do we use it? Oh, I need to figure out how to use Zoom. So those attorneys that came at me sort of random were really hard. And I had three firms that said our server is in the office and now we're all working from home. What do we do? So those were really challenging and fun. I, I, you know, admittedly for me, it was, it was crazy, but it was fun because we got them, I got them moved really quickly. And uh, I'd like to say that I'm very proud of the profession for how quickly it pivoted to a work from home environment. I think all the time about what this would have been like 10 years ago when we didn't have as many affordable cloud-based programs. And if the adoption process hadn't started by, you know, back then, we would have been in a lot of trouble. Today, thankfully for most lawyers and law firms, these tools and services are affordable. They're easy to implement. They're easy to train on. They're easy to figure out. So I, I feel like the profession made a huge turn in a very short time period. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like most of the lawyers I work with and talk to were able to very seamlessly yeah. move to home-based office or, you know, move to Zoom or or have their files available and everything. So 
let me ask you this from a standpoint of, of technology as it relates to efficiency as a lawyer, as a law firm, what are kind of the top two or three issues that you see occurring that they would call you for that they would need your help with? I'll tell you the number one issue is always training. Um, a lot of firms will buy software, implement software. They don't train the staff or they don't train themselves. And a perfect example is Microsoft Word. How many secretaries, paralegals, and attorneys have actually ever had a formal training session in Word? Very few. So they struggle. They don't know how to format properly. They get aggravated. Fonts don't work the way they should or they want them to when they copy. I mean, the simplest things in Word are really challenging sometimes. And that's for that reason is somebody, you know, an attorney will say to me, my secretary is very good with Word. She's been using it for 20 years. Well, my answer to that is I've been driving a car for 20 years, but I couldn't fix it if it broke, right? I need, I would need training. I'd need to hire a professional. So training for sure is always the, the biggest problems. I walk into a lot of firms virtually now that have good technology and they're not taking advantage of it. The second issue I would say is not realizing the tools and services that you're already paying for. So uh, Adobe Acrobat is a great example. Most professional legal professionals will be paying for some professional version of a PDF manipulation tool. So not Acrobat Reader, it's free, but Acrobat Pro. And then they'll go buy DocuSign or HelloSign on top of that, not realizing that the ability to send documents for e-signature is already inside of Adobe. Acrobat. A Microsoft Office 365 is another one. So many good tools and services inside of there and they don't realize they're paying for it. So I would say when it comes to technology that they already have, it's training and not realizing the features and the benefits that are in it. And then the third problem is just not having technology. A lot of lawyers are still trying to run a law practice, even solos, without a practice management program. There's no excuse for that today. You can get a modern practice management program for $50 a month. Clio is my personal favorite. I install, implement, and train it all the time. There's no installation. Sorry, I shouldn't say install, but... And for lawyers that are struggling trying to manage their bills through Excel, manage their documents through File Explorer, emailing documents with clients, still texting with clients and getting too many phone calls, a lot of those things that keep attorneys up at night can really be addressed with a practice management program. Do the practice management programs that you work on and train on, do they also include some form of a CRM client relationship management tool to, because obviously I'm in the business development space, so I'm always looking for what's the new hot add-on or, or product there? That's a great question because we haven't had in legal, really good legal specific CRMs until the past couple of years. So I'll give you two things to look at. Lexicata was a standalone product that you could buy. It was geared specifically toward lawyers. And it's like a Kanban style of moving a potential new client through the intake process. Lexicata got acquired by Clio. So now it's part of Clio and it's called Clio Grow. You can buy it separately or you can buy it with the practice management program, which is nice because once the potential new client goes through the intake process, the conflict check clears, then you export them basically into the practice management program with all of the details from that intake process. So that's a nice standalone product, or if you're already using Clio, it's an add-on. Then a very formidable competitor that has come up is called Lawmatics. 
Lawmatics is a perfectly standalone product, but it integrates with several other practice management programs, including Clio. And it was started by Matt Spiegel, who was the founder of MyCape, which is yes. a competitor yes. to Clio. So you know he's got good experience in building. He was a, a very successful uh, attorney himself and then got into software development. So those are probably the top two right now that are legal specific. Lawmatics is a is like Salesforce for lawyers. And then I would say Clio Grow is like maybe what ACT was <laughs> way yeah. back when. So for I'd say 75, 80% of the lawyers I talk to, Clio is good. When I have a very advanced attorney, which I bet your clients are probably going to be in this category, then Lawmatics is something to consider. Yeah, I mean the the sad reality is is that many of them don't want to get into software. They already feel like they have enough of it, and they so they're using an Excel or they're using oh. some other format. And I know it's not great, but uh, it's right. it's you know it's like I don't want to have to you know beat somebody up too badly to get them into a software that they're just not going to use. And I think the key element is training. So you know, for example, if they get Lawmatics, that's great. Or if they get the the Clio Grow. But if, if they're not trained on it properly, I think that's where the failure occurs. That's right. And in, in this specific example, Grow doesn't require a ton of training. Again, it's a little light, more lightweight. Lawmatics requires time, attention, and some customization to get it to, to work well. But the attorneys that have gotten on it that I've talked to just love it. I mean, they're the types of attorneys that would build their own Google AdWords campaigns, you know, build their own documents and hot docs. So it's a little bit of a different breed, but they're sure. both really good products. Yeah. And then the other issue is that I'm working with a lot of attorneys that are in law firms. And so then it's like, how did they add a software into, you know, into right. their, into their system when they're already kind of structured a in a different way or without one? So that's the old a tricky fiefdom problem in law firms. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So let me ask you this as a, as a legal, you know, technology strategist, what would you tell my audience of lawyers, something that's truly critical to their success as it relates to growing a law practice and leveraging technology properly? System and efficiency and training back to training. So, you know, a lot of times, especially if it's a firm that started as a solo practitioner, maybe just a couple of partners that got together, a lot of processes are either in their heads or they've just never been documented. So writing down systems and processes and then updating them regularly as things change is just critical. Otherwise, everyone's just spinning their wheels. And then I think the biggest from a sort of information management issue is document and email management are just killers. And today, and I don't even mean just today, for the past 10, 12, 15 years, trying to figure out how to manage emails just it's, it's a killer, it just kills lawyers. So they use Outlook as a document and email management system, which it's not designed to do. So my suggestion is always to look into a proper document management system and an email system to help with that efficiency of storing, organizing, searching for, and retrieving documents. You'll regularly hear me say on my podcast that a lot of lawyers keep a haystack in case they ever need a needle. <laughs> and that's what they do with their documents. And it's just piles, and I'm, by piles, I do mean digital oftentimes, of documents that have no organization, no structure. They just keep them in case we ever need it. Well, that 
needle becomes really hard to find if those documents and emails aren't stored in a really efficient way. So another product that I like a lot for that is called Net Documents. It's a very sophisticated, legal-specific document and email management program. So I encourage lawyers to look into the good software and write software. And then if you want, I can kind of give you a quick monetary breakdown of what I think the sweet set of products are that lawyers should have. Sure, that'd be great. I think that's super helpful. Yeah. Um, so if I was starting a law firm today, which I'm not a lawyer, but of course I help a lot of lawyers start law firms, but if it was mine, I would for sure have Office 365, which should cost you 8 to $12 a month per user. I would have Adobe Acrobat DC, which is about $15 a month per user. So right there, we're only at $30 a month. Then I would add on a product like Clio for practice management. It's about $50 a month. And Clio has good competitors and they're all about $50 a month. We're still only at $80 a month per user to have three incredibly critical business operation services. Then I would layer on net documents. It's about $70 a month per user if you have a very email and document intensive practice, which I've never met a lawyer that doesn't. And right there, for, and then, you know, maybe a couple add-ons, like maybe you need QuickBooks Online, maybe you like uh, WordRake or intelligent editing, some add-ons for Word and stuff. So essentially for $150 a month per head, your firm can run efficiently, securely, and mobile. And I could not have given that number 10 years ago. When I started doing this, it was, oh, you're going to have to have a server. That's going to be a minimum of $8,000. You got to keep it maintained. And it's just, it was very expensive. Today, you can run a really nice, efficient law firm for very little dollars. You get the money right back. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're charging, you know, 400 an hour, well, you've covered your costs times two in, in an hour of your work. So look at it that way is, is, is that investment, not to mention the time savings If time is money yeah. and you're dealing with time management through the software, then you're getting that back in spades anyway. Yeah, for sure. So it all plays out. So let me ask you, when you're dealing with the small, the small firms and the solos, do they have some unique challenges that you know, that are maybe different from some of the, the bigger firms that, that, uh, that are out there? Well, yes, but not in a bad way. You know, bigger law firms are, it's hard to turn that ship. Though I think solos and smalls always have an advantage in be quickly becoming more efficient and making those changes and implementing them. The challenges, I, I think the biggest challenge solos and smalls have is finding good tech support, not support for the legal specific products because most legal specific products come with really good tech support. It's things like getting audio and video right for a lot of these Zoom meetings that we're doing now. It's dealing with a virus if there happens to be one. It's dealing with a wireless network. It's getting the printer connected. It's So it's what I call break-fix problems. That seems to be, I mean, if I could solve a problem worldwide for solos and smalls, it would be somehow giving them the right tech support without getting robbed or, you know, without having some IT guy that comes in and says, okay, we're going to install virtual machines. Everybody's going to have not North McAfee. I don't need that anymore. Um, and just layers on a bunch of stuff that they, they don't really need. So I would say that's probably as far as big and small, big law firms have built in IT support and they have built in legal trainers like I once was. Solos and smalls don't tend to have that infrastructure, which is why 
going light through cloud-based services is really helpful because less breaks when you are cloud-based. All right. So I have a final question for you, and I'm curious to see how you're going to manage this with your with your experience and your imagination. Okay. And that is the, the future of technology and law. Like if we could fast forward five or 10 years, like what are you seeing change or that's different than today? If you had that to put, to put that out there. What I see and I really hope for is seamless integration between products. So right now what I love and I see a lot of is attorneys getting creative with something like Zapier where I've got, uh, maybe I'm a G Suite user, and so I've got Google Sheets, and I use Ruby Receptionist, and I get a call from Ruby Receptionist, and then maybe I use a Zap to log that call into a call log. What I am seeing more and more is just the native ability for products to talk to each other. I just watched a webinar from Adobe. It was on e-signatures and their their signing tools, and they are heavily, and I didn't realize this, which is why I'm, I'm saying it is there's just all this cool stuff that's happening. They talked about their heavy and direct integration with Microsoft Office products. And one of the things that they pointed out, which I didn't know, I can't know everything. So I looked was if you are a Teams user, you can go into Teams, hit the little ellipses, search for an app, pull in Adobe Acrobat DC, and then be able to send documents within your team. And remember in a team, you can work with clients and external people. So right within the team, you can send documents out to be signed or through go through a, a signing cycle. So that's what I want to see. More of things just working together and less bandaging that we have to do. Because now attorneys are really jumping on things like Calendly and Acuity and Grammarly. And so now we've got all these disparate products everywhere, but we desperately want them to work together. And I think all these companies are are working toward that. They recognize that. So they're either going to build in the services to the platform that they have, or they're going to make that integration better. And I just, I've, I'm seeing a lot of adoption from lawyers these days, They're especially after COVID. I mean, we were on the way there anyway, but now it's just been accelerated. I keep calling it the technology enlightenment period. <laughs> okay. I think that's a good, a good uh, way to, to phrase it. Yeah. So the integration of all these different products working together to, again, just add more efficiency to what the lawyers are trying to do. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, is wrapping up anything you'd like to promote or do you want to share the name again of your podcast? uh, Solo? Yeah. I have a podcast on the Legal Talk Network. It's called New Solo. And I also have a 30 minute segment on Latera TV. So Latera is actually a company based in Chicago, A, a pretty big company. They gear toward enterprise level law firms and they have been streaming hours every day of legal specific content on YouTube. So I have a series on there that I just started a couple weeks ago called Law Tech Connect, where I interview lawyers. And um, I like to say I disarm them with my wit and humor and, you know, get their pearls of wisdom and success out of them. And then my website is lawtechpartners.com. And from there, you can find friend or follow me. And um, I'm always looking for new clients. And I'm always looking for new guests too, probably like you are, Steve. So if you are a solo or a small firm practitioner that has a good story to tell, and um, especially if you're using technology in a creative way, reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, I might be able to help you out with a couple of those too. Great. And I'd love to talk to a lawyer that works for and in the surfing industry. Ooh, that's interesting. And women. I love talking to female lawyers. And of course, you know, we all love seeing different kinds of lawyers these days. So 
Yep. Yep. That's great. And there's a wide variety and it keeps stretching out. So I love it. Very cool. Well, Adriana Linares, thank you so much for being my guest today. Uh, I think this was terrific and incredibly helpful for the lawyers that are looking to get their technology up to par. I hope so. Or under par. Thanks for reaching out. I appreciate it. I'm always happy to have conversations like this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And um, hey, everybody, I just want to thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's show and that you're one step closer to being that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Take care and be safe. Take care, everybody. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.